The phone conversation between fantasy veterans Bob Harris and Matt Waldman is a quick and dirty rundown of players, units, or teams from Sunday's games. Feel it or fuck it is our instant verdict on the fantasy value of a player situation, not the ability, effort, or character of the player. This is just how two old-timers in this industry talk when they got a lot of cover in a little time. There you have it, by golly. Another regular season in the books. We have survived. We will fight to live another day. So will many players, Matt Waldman. Some of them in different places. Yeah, because fuck the games last week. I don't really care about those games. Let's do a feel it or fuck it free agent Let's do that, but first, let's say feeling, you know, just when you sit down and watch the NFL, it's pretty fun. I'm just going to say. Yeah, I feel it. I've always been feeling that, so that's I, I agree, and we should we should be, you know, we can appreciate that for sure. <clears throat> I, I would agree with that. So let's 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 look at it this way: Daniel Jones is his best opportunity. Let's just say Daniel Jones' best opportunity is outside New York. Feeling that or fuck? No, that? fuck that. It's in New York. It's right where he is with Brian Dable, who sees him as some kind of. Uh, Josh Allen starter kit that he can maybe mold into something greater than what he is at the moment. And I think we've already seen the process begin. I think he was greater at the end of the, not great, not great, but better, better at the end of the season. I thought this about this whole, this coach the entire time. I thought when he showed up, I thought this offense is going to be better. And I think a lot of people thought it would be great. Well, it was somewhere in between. It was better than I thought it wasn't great, but it'll, I, I think it's heading in the right direction. I think Daniel Jones will be a piece of that. And I think the underrated mobility is something that people, uh, don't take into account with him. He brings a little something extra to the table. The fact that they won with that offense without Sterling Shepard for most of the year, without Kenny Galladay. Welcome to the party, Kenny the Galladay. Year, without Kadarius Tony for most of the year, um, that's <clears> enough <throat> to say that Daniel Jones played good football and he deserve, definitely deserves the props. And I agree that his best opportunity is with the New York Giants. And then I'd say his second best opportunity is still in New York, you know, just across <laughs> well, the that's way. Good. That's, a, that's a, the best opportunity for a lot of people, by the way. That might very well be. <laughs> that very well be. How about Tom Brady? Is his best opportunity still in Tampa? <clears throat> nah, fuck that. I mean, it's it's played out there. He's had enough. He's ready to move on and try new things, uh, you know, off, off field, you know, kind of circumstances kind of show he's ready for change moving on um and uh and there are a number of teams i think that will be interested in him first and foremost his old offense coordinator josh mcdaniels the raiders were interested in him when he was, became a free agent so i wouldn't uh put them out of the picture and and who knows man he's probably wide open to anything at this point yeah i would agree i mean certainly the skill talent that he had there was good enough but that offensive line i mean the only the, the the best opportunity for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers might be Daniel Jones, which would make, still not make them a great pick unless they can shore up that offensive line. Just from the standpoint that Daniel Jones can run. The problem is, is, is his pocket sense that much better with a team that's got Swiss cheese for a, for a front line. And I'd say yeah, I'm gonna, he'll I'm be gonna tested. Let... I'm going to let this uh, Blaine Gabbert slander slide a little bit just for today. I'm in a benevolent mood. Okay. Uh, this isn't like 2000, what, 2012 or no, that was way before that. That was like 2009, I think maybe. So it might be, but anyway, Kareem Hunt, 
will be a feature back elsewhere next year. Feeling that? Uh, feeling if he is going to be, it will be elsewhere. Yes. <laughs> if I think it's still a big if for him. Uh, <clears throat> haven't seen, you know, the high-end production, you know, and maybe that's still in him and maybe still more than capable of it. I mean, if I was a team, given the pricing of running backs these days, I would certainly take a chance. He's worth that investment. I think somebody will. Yeah, I'm totally feeling it. I think he's definitely a feature back. It's just that the, the Browns have kind of varied on their their desire to use him as such. They they did for a couple of years as a as a committee option, but now we're looking at a situation where they just decide let's just continue to roll with Chubb and let him get the get the production that he had. And I I you know it is fascinating though. Nobody traded for Kareem Hunt, so. You know, I'm sure there were offers, but the offers were low ball. So that's most likely what it was. But yeah, Kareem Hunt will be the the mid range value at, as a fe- as a feature back if a team wants to use him as such. And I don't see why they wouldn't. He's still one of the better receivers in the league. He's he's still you know he still has the power. He still has the burst. Um, you know he he he's certainly someone that. I think is one of the more refined backs. But what about Ezekiel Elliott? Will he be a feature back elsewhere next year? Uh, fuck that. He'll be in Dallas next year. Jerry Jones not letting him go anywhere. They'll work out some kind of accommodation. That said, he won't be a feature back. Yeah, I think that's the case. So, th- so then let's just go and jump <clears> to the <throat> jump to this part of it. Though I don't have it on here. Does that mean that the you feeling the Elliott Pollard combo? Again, yes, in Dallas, absolutely, and with the, you know, with Pollard is the primary piece of at least a fantasy interest. Uh, he'll be he'll be the leader of the leader of the pack. I don't see it. unless you know, uh, barring a coaching change, right? I mean, you know, which I don't think is going to happen, but you know, still a little early in the process for that. He's, um, I suppose so. Uh, but bar, yeah, barring a coaching change, this is the status quo remains in place. Uh, Tony Pollard remains a cowboy and probably plays the lead role of this and Ezekiel Elliott playing a very strong complimentary role. Cowboys, how about this? Cowboys fans completely gobsmacked if one of those backs, especially Pollard, winds up in Philadelphia. Totally, feeling that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of feeling the idea of that destruction just to just to see the 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 reactions you know that would happen if that happened if yeah, Elliot are... resigned they'd just be angry and their feelings of about Elliot right now would be bad would just be like whatever go ahead they'd probably welcome that and then I would welcome it to see what would actually so happen so you're saying the current level of Cowboys angst is not angsty enough for you come on no it's not I I mean I li- I'm from Cleveland so I mean who the Cowboys level of angst is just like comical it's it's actually kind of ridiculous. It's like fire reality. McCarthy. It's like reality <laughs> show based Kardashian esque angst. You know, oh my life is over, but I'm making billions of dollars, and I'm I'm basically um you know hook line and baiting you all the way through all this. I mean that's that to me da- Dallas fans are the most hilarious fans. I, I'm fuck them in terms of like ah, their behavior when it comes to that. But then again, <laughs> you know, whatever. Jeff Wilson stays in Miami. Mm, I I'd like to I'd like to think not, but maybe he does. I I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other on this. I mean, uh, we'll see we'll see how far they get in the playoffs. We'll see how things play out. Still, there may be some changes at the top there. 
uh, the front office. But but generally speaking, I think Mike McDaniels would like to keep him. Uh, and if that's the case, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I think they'd like to keep him too. But let's just say, I'll say this. If the team feels like the – I don't see Jeff – I don't see Mike McDaniels being one of those guys who goes, you know what, after being in this system and helping build this system with Kyle Shanahan, I'm going to go out and get me a high round back in the NFL no, draft or spend a lot of money on a free agent. Yeah, I think I think most likely this is another Jeff Wilson, maybe even Raheem Mostert. Mostert redo. looked great yesterday, you know, by Most, the way. He yeah. ran hard, looked great. That, hey, I've been talking about Mostert as a like since about week ten as your playoff range kind of guy to just you know cheap that you can just hold on to and just hope that he stays healthy and he has but but yeah I I think they're probably going to stick with the same formula there though I wouldn't mind if I were the Eagles and I just wanted a cheap option who could do a lot of what Miles Sanders could do. In, in Philly behind that line if they keep that line intact and and they want to test out some of their depth in Philadelphia and they've got some depth there that's intriguing then Jeff Wilson might not be a bad lower cost version of that he'd be kind of that low you know that middle to low end of that so I could feel that but I'm feeling he's staying in Miami Miles Sanders similar production outside Philly you feeling that Probably have better production outside Philly. I always say, why do the Eagles hate Miles Sanders? Why don't they love him as much as the rest of us? I don't know. You know, I think I'd like to get a true sense of what Miles Sanders is, uh, maybe with a more concerted effort and uh, usage. I thought it was great this year when they used him, and uh, still, all they didn't always use him. Yeah, I think part of, now part of me would say, based on what I saw of Miles Sanders up till last year. The answer would be is because they probably, and I haven't studied him enough to give this answer full credence, but if I were to hazard a guess, they didn't use Miles Sanders so, as much as they could have is probably because in the ways that they'd like to have used Miles Sanders um, as they would want to use any back, they probably can't because Miles Sanders up to a certain point was just not a conceptually very sound runner with certain types of plays and maybe not have shown the level of patience, shown the level of maturity with decision-making with certain plays that they're like, we're not even going to try anymore with this. And that might be the case. If that's the case, then his production outside <clears throat> Philly, I, I ain't feeling that at all, having similar production, especially with that line and that quarterback. I don't even, even if he's, even if that's not the, the guess there, that it's he's, he's improved enough that he could do everything, they just decided not to use him in the level that maybe they could have or even should have. I, I just don't think that there's a team with the level of offensive line to match, especially with, and then with the passing game to offset that. So I'm going to say, regardless of the reason, I'm, fuck that. Um, Foster Moreau, is he a starter elsewhere? It's tight ends. You don't I care say, about tight I, ends. I, I want to say fuck that because I don't, think probably he is but i think he could be right it's just uh it's such a you know wasteland of uh, high end talent I, I think he could be a solid contributor to a team i don't know if he's ever going to be a star level tight end uh, but he could be a starter for someone else for sure if he goes to De i think he would be a perfect detroit line <clears throat> right i think like, if, like yeah. tyler conklin went to new york jets and became a starting tight end right i mean you know it, yeah. this in this world anyone 
who aspires and has a reasonable skill set can be a starting tight end at the NFL, right? I, I certainly think Foster Moreau can be a top five production tight end in the right setting. I don't know. I don't think the Lions are the right <clears> setting, <throat> but I think he'd be a perfect fit for them because he is a good blocker and he's an upgrade as a receiver just enough to what Brock Wright is doing um, that he can be a factor there. So he'd be a fun one. Um, that would probably be an option that I would love to, to see. Him <clears> at. I, I think if Houston figures out what they're doing um, and they, well, that there's too many ifs with that. Fuck that. Foster Moreau and, and, and the Lions there. Derek Carr. Speaking, speaking of fuck that, uh, Cliff Kingsbury is head coach of the Cardinals next season. Oh, yeah, fuck that. Definitely yeah, it's all, fuck that. Just, like, it just happened accordingly to, to the uh, reporting out there. Just, oh, you mean the, like they couldn't even – yeah, because it, it is Black Monday. It's Black it? Monday. So yeah, it's, it's, well uh, – There was I, supposed to be a meeting later today. Apparently it happened I, early. I'm surprised it didn't happen at 12.01 <laughs> last night. I mean, you could you could have bet that one coming. That's for sure. Wow. Yeah. Well, good. That's. I mean, I hate to be happy about a guy's demise, but at the same time, when he sells that house, he he'll have more than enough money there. Well, the market might not be all that. He's already gonna have days. more than enough money. Yeah, that's true. He does. He's still gotta pay him. Yeah, that's the thing. That I feel it or fuck it do you feel sorry for these coaches who get no, canned fuck it no i mean what do i feel sorry for matt rule right now who makes more money than uh i mean look they're still getting he could paid buy a kingsbury house every month and still have money left over yes yeah no fuck yeah. that no i mean these guys them, know but fuck that. and if they don't know they're living the fantasy life fuck them yeah yeah i mean i know it's it's a hard job it's a stressful job um if you care about what you do, it coaching is an extremely stressful job. I'm feeling that. I have respect for the the attempt to try and do this in that environment. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't feel sorry for them when they get yeah. fired, especially when they don't do a good job of it. Um, and they've and they've had as much of a leash as, as Kingsbury has. So, all right, back to the originally scheduled program. Ah. Derek Carr. Returns to 21 form somewhere else. Uh, did we mention the Jets? No, uh, possibly. <laughs> Feel, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we've talked about it before. I think he is a good, maybe even very good quarterback at times in the right circumstances. So, uh, yes, I can see him returning to his 2021 form. Yeah, I can see that. I agree too. I think that the 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 bizarre thing, or maybe it wasn't so bizarre after all, but I know that myself. Dwayne McFarland, Mark Schofield, a couple of smarter guys than me on, on, is that they thought Derek Carr would be a perfect fit with Josh McDaniels a few years ago. And looking at it now, it doesn't seem like that was the case. It seemed like that he struggled in this offense at times. Um, so, yeah, uh, to me, I think the, the Jets wouldn't be a, you know, the Jets wouldn't be a bad option. I think he could be a disaster. Uh, it could be a disaster in Tampa. I would say that that would be tough. Uh, for some reason, I keep thinking he's going to wind up in Houston because it would just be um, some form of... Um, it would just be interesting to have another car in Houston. Um, but that would be a disaster probably too, um, just with that, with that, in terms of that team. But yeah, I think he has a chance to be better, but I'm not completely feeling it. Alan Lazard, is his best fit in Green Bay? 
Uh, yeah, especially if Aaron Rodgers returns. I mean, I think he defined himself this season as a safety valve kind of player with uh, with solid, you know, with solid floor for fantasy purposes. Uh, but I think it, you know, mostly dependent on Aaron Rodgers returning. So feeling that, yes. Yeah, I would agree because when you look at Alan Lazard's game for the past few years, the thing about him was that he was a matchup play. That's what I like to call those guys is so not a matchup play, but a scheme play. He's he schemed up the defense. Um, in a way where you have him buffered by multiple players. Um, and hold on, you know, fuck that right now. Let's tell them <laughs> that they can call later. Um, it's probably a, it's probably a dog trainer. I'm feeling that though. I'm just oh, fuck that for the right new now. dog. Yeah, my, very possible. So, but, uh, but yeah, the, with Alan Lazard, he's the type of player that you want him buffered among <clears throat> better receivers who can draw one-on-one matchups and put him one-on-one with a linebacker yep. or a slow safety or a much smaller um, slot defender. And that's those types of things can happen with a guy like Aaron Rodgers where you don't need the, the coaches to tell you what to do. You have the... The, the coach on the field. So, yeah, I'm feeling that. Mike Jacecki will be a fantasy starter in a new town. Uh, feeling that. I mean, man, guy makes some great catches, man. If somebody uh, wants to use him, I think, you know, the the problem in Miami is he's not the blocker that they need and, and or that scheme calls for, and, and it maybe was a limiting factor for him. But he can play. He can catch the football, and he's an athletic. Uh, look, Evan Ingram rebounded. So can Mike Jacecki. I'm, I fuck it. No, I think that guy is. I I think he catches the ball great. I think his bottom half plays in a sandbox. That <laughs> you know. So I'm. I just. I think that what most teams want isn't Mike Jacecki athletically from the waist down. So I'm. I think he's a. I think he's kind of a schemed up player who is going to have to be the second tight end. And maybe he'll be good for a second tight end in the offense, unless he just goes to uh, Cincinnati, because, you know, Cincinnati seems to be able to make good with anybody at tight end, at least well enough to be like a low-end starter. At least it seems that way for part of the season. Jamal Williams will be a committee back in a new town. In some town. Feeling that. I mean, he's a committee back. That's it. He has been defined, and he's been pretty successful at it. So... And he's probably capable of doing a little more if the circumstances uh, force him into that a uh, little more role. So I think ideally, yes, he'll be a committee back with uh, with a with a great role that allows him to score uh, tons of touchdowns, maybe more than Barry Sanders ever did in his best seasons line. Bobby Ross, fuck him. All right, so <laughs> Detroit. Well, they. This is really the real question. Detroit will sign a back to work in tandem with DeAndre Swift, similar to Williams. Will they just I go believe- back to the well? I believe they've they may go back to the well, but but I believe they've defined him right. I believe he is you know Swift has been defined right going into this season. He was defined. Anthony Lynn called it right, right. They had you know a one A and a one B, and I think that's what what we all should accept DeAndre Swift being. Uh, although we'd love him to be more and like to see him get all the turns. Apparently he can't take all the turns. No, he can't. And that was that way. I, see, I've totally been feeling that when Anthony Lynn even talked about it because you'd watch him as a rookie. And he's grown a little bit at, since then, which is great. But he's not a tackle breaker at a high level. He's not a guy who makes the most mature decisions in terms of where to go between the tackles. He's a space player. And 
you know, you can't always put a back in space and lean only on that back or else you don't have a running game. There are points that you just, you have to be able to run it between the tackles. May not have to do it 20 times a game. May not even have to do it 15 times a game. But at least six to eight times a game, you got to be able to run it between the tackles. And occasionally, you need to have that same guy run outside the tackles and in space. Otherwise, it becomes too predictable. And so you got to have a second back, and that second back is going to have to take 40 to 45% of the touches. And I, I know people hate hearing that, especially the analytics guys who want to see space back and backs and see lots of points. But, you know, that's just the reality. Um, we're going to sit down and have a come to Jesus with Dwayne McFarlane, my buddy, my <laughs> buddy here, about that. Because he loves him some DeAndre Swift. So Samaj P. Ryan, let's stay with Detroit. Can Samaj P. Ryan be the next Jamal Williams with the new team? He's a free agent. Absolutely. Yeah. Feeling that 100%. Uh, look, I think, you know, Samaj P. Ryan could be a pretty decent, slightly better Joe Mixon if he gets uh, opportunities at times. So uh, I thought he was pretty effective running the ball for Cincinnati. Someone will give him a chance. And, and again, at the prices that uh, free agents are commanding, it's not high. Teams are going to be willing to invest. Samaj P. I'm always feeling Samaj P. Ryan because I love to watch running backs who get the speed people really upset as he runs at like what looks like 67% of like a speed back does, um, but still manages to get positive, positive yards. He runs at the speed of inevitability. Basically someone who walks down the, you know, you got the, you got the um, Travis Etienne who wants to run down the hill to fuck one and, and, you know, and, Samaje Hills, the Samaje Piran's the one that's going to walk down the hill and fuck a ball. That's basically <laughs> the the difference between those two backs. The Ernest Johnson will contribute more with a new team. Uh yes. If he goes to a new team, he will. Feeling yeah, that. You feel Don't that. know that he's going to go to a new team, but you know, with Kareem Hunt's gone as well. I mean, the you know, Cleveland, the overlooked uh, surplus running back haven. Uh, you know, I mean, they have a, <laughs> they have a lot of capable running backs, so. Um, I think they want to keep a second one. And I, and, and I guess it depends on if they think any of the guys behind him are capable as well. Yeah, I think Jer they. I think they're going to be feeling Jerome Ford. But um, I could see how they re-signed the Ernest Johnson. Um, so I'm in the same boat with you. I'm feeling your answer. Um, Lamar Jackson will be back in Baltimore. I don't, I'm neither, I don't think we have enough information to know that. If I'm going to play my own hunches, I'd say, fuck that. I don't think they're going to pay him the guaranteed money, and I think he's going to say, fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, somebody else will, and somebody else will pay him some money. I don't, it's just a weird situation. I think maybe the Ravens have, you know, probably hardened their stance after, you know, this season playing without him, and maybe they're sitting around rethinking the whole notion of designing an offense around a, a player, a single player right and having to replicate that player as the backup uh, has unique skills that are almost impossible to replicate um <clears throat> so i think there's a lot of moving pieces on this one and and uh i will i will say for now fuck it because i'm trying to be all, all edgy and whatnot um but i think i think this one's one to watch as it plays out over the next month or two yeah that's probably the most difficult one i would agree i think i would be feeling him with the jets if the jets kept mike white and then you could kind of switch back and forth to what you did a little bit. Um, and I think that Lamar Jackson would be very good 
as a New York Jet. Um, even if the New York Jets media and fans wouldn't know what to do, because um, they're they're also a they're a fun fan base to deal with too. Um, but then the, the the one that could be the most variable would be the Buccaneers, just because that line is not great. But he would probably he would probably be the best fit um, for to help the New York um, help the Tampa Bay Buccaneers immediately with that line if they can't patch it up. Um, but I don't know if it would play out well. And following Tom Brady is going to be a tough act for any quarterback. I, I really don't envy any quarterback that would have to do that. Even last year, because they're still going to have the memory of the Super Bowl um, win. So, I, you know, I think... So, I'll just stipulate. I think the, the Ravens would be smart to figure out a way to keep them around. I just don't know that that's going to happen. I mean, the yeah. way they're built right now is the way they're built right now. Yeah. Right, and so that gives them their best chance for success. And uh, but I just don't know that you know didn't they didn't it's been a long time they haven't been able to work it out. Yeah, they haven't been able to stay healthy. I mean, like whether right. it's Jackson, his offensive line, his running backs, his wide receivers, his tight ends. He's had he's had in, they've had injuries, and when that's happened, this team this team just has not been able to gel, especially on offense. All right, Alexander Madison will contribute more with a new team uh, maybe maybe i like i semi feel it like i mean if a team that has a need you know uh, tries to get him then yeah i mean i think they would try to get it for a reason clearly he has the ability to be a, a viable running back every chance we get to see him or most every chance uh he's been pretty damn serviceable so yes probably he will uh, get go somewhere else and we'll get more more of a look at him I'm feeling him as that mid-round option that if the that the Lions would take to pair with Swift, he he'd fit the Jamal Williams role perfectly. Um, he would also fit as a low-cost option to to try out as the lead back in Philly, where you have a a really strong line. I could see those two fitting well. I could see the Raiders pairing him with um, with uh, you know with Zamir White. But knowing that they could let White take over if White outplays him and still have good depth with Madison and be that back. So I think he's going to be one of the more sought-after guys. And I also think he could wind up in Miami, though Miami likes speedier guys, if for some reason Jeff Wilson winds up somewhere else. So he's the guy that I think is going to have more suitors than people realize. But it's not so much because of his ability but it's because of his price structure, most likely right. in terms of the right. I, I, look, I think that's a, I think a lot of these running backs have you know realized where the where the NFL is on running backs, and you know getting deals done might be a little easier. Not that you know everyone should make all the money they can. It's just that running backs aren't making as much money as they did. No, that's for sure. You know, they're maybe that's why Cleveland's so good with having running backs is that they've you know they've seen you know they they saw not having factories in their town since like the late 60s early 70s and it's kind of like the running back is the factories of the of the united states um you know back at that point the running backs are the rest belt position of the nfl there you go that way there we go so juju smith schuster will he be back in kansas city hey he keeps playing as cheap as he played this year yes <laughs> i mean your price is gonna matter if, if they if he's uh reasonable and i don't know that he would be as reasonable you know I don't know, and nor do I know he should be. 
uh, there would probably be a pretty good market for him. But uh, but I think Kansas City probably like to keep him. I I hope that Juju Smith Schuster is realistic about who he is as a player and what his opportunities were, and just and realize that maybe at this point he's making enough money to to go for a Super Bowl ring. And I think and I think he's just that type of player, especially being a Pittsburgh Steeler in the past, that I think he might be that type of player that go, you know what, I've got limited years left. Do I really want to go and be a part of a an or be a Houston Texan um, when I could make a little less but still have a, a substantial you know I don't know that's a that's a tough call you don't know what's going to be what it's like to be in the mind of these players but if I were to bet on one it would be Smith Schuster saying you know what fuck it I'm making enough I want to win a ring and I think that that's he's got the best chance there Jacoby Myers returning to New England yeah I feel that I feel like he has a pretty good role I, it sounds like uh, based on what Bill Belichick said this morning Mac Jones will be back maybe they'll have a real offensive coordinator Jacoby Myers has been a very good player in that offense and uh, he, you know if he doesn't get as many touchdowns as fantasy matters would like I don't think the Patriots are worried about that I think he plays his role well and I think he I, I think probably Jacoby Myers is a way better player than he's viewed uh, widely viewed yeah I would agree with that and I would say this um the only thing I'd be feeling other than Jacoby Myers in New England is I'd be feeling Juju Smith-Schuster in New England with Jacoby Myers in Kansas City. Um, I could see them switching spots and it being fairly interchangeable. Um, Evan Ingram returns to Jacksonville. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like he has a little thing going with Trevor Lawrence that works out well for fantasy managers. Uh, you know, he's going to be widely in demand. We'll see. Uh, I'm guessing they will try to keep him. I don't know if they'll be able to. Based on what I saw of him in New York, if his on-field play in New York is a reflection of his off-field demeanor, which is not fair, I'm just saying if it is, um, then I would say he'd be the one most likely to say, fuck this and wind up fucking his career um, when it was on the precipice of turning around completely. Um, so I'm feeling him staying in, in Jacksonville. I just hope that... Um, Somebody tells him when he starts questioning it, fuck you. You need to stay here for the best of your, to the best of your, um, to your own benefit. You know, otherwise, you know, he needs a good agent. I'll just put it that way. Josh Jacobs to Philly. Feeling it? Mm, no. Feeling him standing uh, with Las Vegas as a Raider and continuing on as a very successful player in Josh McDaniels' offense because Josh McDaniels has seen light. Having a really good running back is really great. And if he had a quarterback to go with him and that wide receiver and tight end they have, everything would be okay. So they just need to plug in another quarterback, a specific aging quarterback, <laughs> you know, who grew up across the bay. Yes. Correct. Uh, yes, there we go. Feeling that too. Geno Smith back in Seattle. Feeling that? 100%. 100%. Geno yeah. Smith's going nowhere, and nor should he go anywhere. And also hats off to Pete Carroll for – uh, seeing, you know, look, I don't think Pete Carroll saw Geno Smith turning into Geno Smith, right? I mean, but be, being open to moving on from, uh, you know, getting off the uh, train a station early is not always the worst choice, right? Uh, and he got off the Russell Wilson train at a fortuitous time. And uh, and probably, you know, again, we, as, as fantasy players, we see the Sunday product. We don't see the everyday 12 hours, 14 hours a day product that the uh, coaches and uh, teammates are seeing. 
and making their decisions based on. So he had a lot more information on Russell Wilson than we did. And I'm, you know, look, I'm not a Pete Carroll fan, right? I don't really like Pete Carroll. But credit to Pete Carroll for uh, for pulling this off. And somewhere he should be sitting down with a toddy uh, giggling uh, along with John Schneider at the, at, the, at the moves they made and the outcomes they got. Some, there's a part of me that wants to like Pete Carroll, kind of like Willy Wonka. There's a part of me that wants to not like Pete Carroll, kind of like a movie I saw this weekend, Glass Knives, the Onion version uh, yeah. with Edward Norton. Like he might be the Edward Norton version of of the coaches, you know, in that in that. Role. I haven't seen it yet. My parents were watching it when I called them last night. Ah, there you go. Well, you know, it wasn't. It was okay. It was a good yeah. commentary on current society. I'll put it that way. One last fucking another commentary on current society is uh, fuck the NFL for being such a nasty. I, I've had like eight thousand notifications uh, while we recorded this podcast, almost exclusively from NFL Network personnel uh, celebrating and enthusiastically howling at the firings and uh, and dismantling of organizations that they previously touted as being great. Uh, fuck all that, man. Just let it go, people. Uh, change is going to happen. We, you know. Don't build a cottage industry around Black Monday. There you go. I hey, I understand. I understand. Like I not, I don't feel sorry for those guys, but I'm with you. I don't I, either, I, man. But I don't need to have a eight hour television show of enthusiast people enthusiastically telling me how excited this all is. It's not all that exciting. That's true. I feel that way about the news. I don't need an eight hour television show about the news. But then again, listen. We got work to do. Yeah, I know you're not going very far, Bob. So we'll find you again. Love you. Bye. All right. Love you. Bye.